Welcome to Ginger and the Beef, the podcast where we jump on Bitcoin and we ride that wave till it dies. I'm Daryl, aka the Beef, joined by Isaac, the boss man. He's in charge of this whole shindig. And we got Dan. Yes, yes we I'm got the Dan boss. here too. <laughs> He's the boss man. Hey. Dan is uh Dan is gonna be running this running this bitch about Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies today and I'm excited. Apparently he's got a, a girthy list for us to talk about. That's not the only thing girthy Dan's got. Peruse. Um anyway, we're also I can packages. say girth without I can say girth without referencing or being, you know, segued into penises, all right, Daryl? <laughs> you can try, but when I'm around, it always segues to penises. <laughs> <laughs> it always does I, I, anything anytime i even okay s- s- side note i went i went floating down a river this weekend with uh the in-laws and um my father-in-law called me out on the fact that they kept saying th- stuff about like things being black or like big and girthy <laughs> and stuff like that <laughs> so, I said, so of course i said that's what she said and they all were like okay you've said that enough in one day and I was getting toasted. <laughs> I was getting right 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 gunned on the on the floaties and and I got called out on it that I got to the point where I wasn't allowed to say it anymore. Anyway, found twenty bucks after that. So yeah, that and that's good. that's that's a real Michael Scott moment right there. <laughs> yeah, I try. I try my best. You know what um, I've been trying it. my best? I've been trying my best to only send office gifts. So like anytime I send a gif I always want it to be office and you know what? Thank the gift gods and the, I don't know if it's iOS or what it is, but in the whole, all, almost all of my messaging things has like, a, they have a lot of uh, a variety when it comes to office gifts. So I'm, I've been pretty good, pretty good lately. Oh, it's incredibly popular. So you're definitely going to see a lot of people uh, cranking out gifts from every single episode. When I was in college, um, I knew I had I was cranking out a ton of um a ton of office and uh I was throwing out these like deep references uh whenever whenever everybody was hanging out together in the common areas and sometimes it was like whoa I didn't realize like I completely forgot about that little aspect of that sh- that episode sure I'd seen it like a week prior but um almost everybody was able to you know grasp like all the references because it was just absolutely huge even you know 10 plus years ago yeah yeah when it was actually still live i guess i actually didn't watch the office while it was airing i i was you guys know me i don't watch shows usually while they air people are like oh it's so good you watch it and i'm like meh it's it's very very ran- randomly seldomly very rare that I actually watch a show while it's airing and The Office was no exception. I didn't watch it until I think I watched an episode or two, but I didn't watch that show until it had completely finished. Well, that's Sometimes it's even better that way. It it's true, can, especially can you can, Yeah, and well, and you probably well, you probably had it on DVD or something first cuz it probably when before the first time you watched it, it wasn't on Netflix, right? It was before that. Yeah, no, I had I, I started buying DVDs. I actually have I think I actually have two seasons. So you know how I bought the box set, right? The seasons yeah. one through nine. I actually have two seasons. I think one of them is season four. I think I have season three and four on DVD uh, that I bought just to get myself into it because I had uh, uh, I've been told enough times to start watching it. So I did, and then yeah, that's that's that. So then, so you probably borrowed started, season one and two, and 
Yeah. As soon as it started uh, airing on the old streaming services, then it was just lights out, right? But just got to fucking watch nothing but Michael Scott. Well, actually, not even nothing to Michael Scott because he's gone for a little while. But spoiler alert, but yeah, he leaves for. Do you want to know a fun fact? You know, I I thought he left because he was getting more famous in movie in film. Uh, it was not true. The fact of the matter was that he actually never received an offer from NBC to continue uh, on in the series. So, really? despite the fact that he actually wanted to continue on the show. Uh, NBC never offered him a new contract. Therefore, his contract ran out and he was written off the show. That's fucked. I thought he left because of whatever multitude of reasons it could have been. But I thought he left. I had no idea that NBC did that to the guy. Yeah, and in in the last season, the last episode when he shows up, uh, he makes his little cameo. That's why he only has like two lines. He He says, that's what she said. That was his yeah. first line. And then he said uh, um, something along the lines of, uh, it's like all my kids grew up and married each other. <laughs> Fucking good line, though. Yeah, those are like the only, those are like the only lines he had in that whole, <laughs> that whole episode. Oh, that's so uncomfortable if it was real. Like that's <laughs> like, the, the people that I know that could do that would be like the Duggars because they got like 20 kids, right? You know the Duggars? Anyway, it doesn't matter. No. Let's let's change that subject. Um, yeah, real real quick, I, I wanted to also mention Dan or or just Isaac. We've beaten this horse so much, but the new rules in Alberta are so weird that people who didn't get any shots and Dan, this might be a shock to you. People that have only gotten one or zero shots now are just getting. You can you can just get paid a hundred bucks to go get your vaccination. Oh, so 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 all I'm the people that did this hasn't happened sooner, but all the people wanna... that did beforehand don't get anything. So Yo, it's the people little, that were just it's exactly on it. it's exactly like your 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 offers from banks when they're looking for new clients is that they offer them. So, for example, my bank I'm not going to name names, but my bank offered a tablet, an iPad to new customers if they opened this bank account with um, two or more bills coming off of said bank account with a deposit of a minimum of this much money. And I looked at my banking and I was like, hmm, that's the exact bank account I have. I have two more bills and I have that much more or that much or more money in it. So I called them. I said, hey, where's my iPad? And they go, shockingly, oh, that's just for new new customers. I said, yeah. so so the last 17 years that I've had a bank account with you, I just I'll, I guess I'll just go fuck myself. And they just <laughs> kind of like eh, uncomfortably. Yes. And tell us and Shaw do that all the time. Oh yeah. That's why there's like zero customer loyalty. Now you just, whoever has the better deal, you just go to them when it comes to cell phones, a hundred percent. Yeah. That shit drives me nuts, but that's, yeah, I, I, I was actually kind of, uh, dumbfounded when I read how that was happening. Like just the way they're doing it. Did you know there's, did you know there's also no longer any, um, close contact isolation as well, which I just recently found out. So if you come in contact with somebody who tests positive for COVID, you are not required to get tested and you are not required to isolate unless you develop symptoms. Yeah. So the That's whole asymptomatic it. thing in Alberta. So you could have been, you could have been in a room with somebody for their parameter, you know, more than 15 minutes within six feet. Doesn't matter if they test positive. The only time you need to isolate 
or um, get tested is if you develop symptoms. Like when you go on to try to like book a test in case you want to, you actually have to like they have what like qualifies somebody to be eligible to get tested. And that's whether you're if you're symptomatic. Um, well, it, easier just to say the whole close contact thing like if you've been in contact with somebody who tested positive that's not an option to get tested anymore that doesn't that doesn't allow you to get tested for covid only only if you have symptoms only if you develop symptoms so like you said what happens if you're asymptomatic or what happens if you don't develop symptoms for four or five days and in those four or five days you're socializing with coworkers or out and about at a bar or a restaurant and then you develop symptoms and it's like oh you've been contagious for the last three days so you've now exposed however many people in the last three days to you being sick so that's the yeah. frustrating part for me is like i you know covid's not fake if you have covid it's a real thing um if you want it to go away maybe stick to things that kind of isolate the whole issue but what the fuck do i know i don't have a doctorate no you don't so everything you said is wrong um no i'm just kidding uh i I agree. And there's silly rules that they're putting in and then other ones that they're letting go, just like you said, the the close contact. When we were talking before, me and Dan, about um, just people being sick and having the sniffles or whatever and having to get tested, and that kind of makes sense. But if you don't have it, then you're fine to just go back to work sick and, and get other people sick with the cold and the flu. I don't know. I'm just I'm sick of all of it. Yeah. Well, and here's like my opinion on, on being sick is like, and I say this to my coworkers all the time is if you're sick, whether it's the cold, whether it's whatever, like if you feel like you're sick, don't come to work. And that goes without saying like COVID, like that was before COVID. I even, I, that's how I feel, right? Like I don't want to catch anything that anybody has. So if you don't feel good, don't go to work, you know? Yeah. But, like I think you mentioned it last week, like gonorrhea. You don't want to catch gonorrhea at work. Yeah. The old sifts. <laughs> so Dan, how's BC? You know, it's all right. Like, it's BC. It's how it always is where, uh, you know, if we don't have smoke from our local fires, we have smoke from Washington. So we're enjoying a little bit of Washington uh, uh, forest fire smoke right now. So that's pretty good. Are all those fires out, those ones in like Vernon and the one by your house? Yeah, the one by, well, the one near my house-ish is out. It was kind of on the hill on the other side. Um, so just rich people were kind of at risk. Not all the rich people on my side of the hill, but the rich people on the other hill. Um, so, <laughs> all the rich people who live in the hills. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's always up. It's always up on the hill, man. And, you know, waterfront property, too. <laughs> That's the way it works. Yeah, no. On the water, on the hill. I remember. I remember just... I, we talked about this before too, but the amount of smoke out there is just. Sometimes it's just fucking nuts. Yeah, it's unbearable. It's like smoke. It's like it's like crushing a pack a day, and that's like not even. Bro, in Alberta, we don't call her a pack. She's called a deck. Crushing a deck a day, bud. Deck a day. I'm surprised you didn't know that. I got a deck a day, bruh. So, we, we you've been. <laughs> <laughs> we've been have you guys wait have you guys seen that new zealand that ad for for the guy i can't remember what the product's called but it's like it makes his dick super hard it's a new zealand what? ad. <laughs> it's like i can't remember what the product's called but it's something like dick he says dick 
instead of deck because he's from, anyway. Fuck, I'm just losing yeah, it. No, nope, nope. yeah, let's just <laughs> skip I, that. I, one. I understand, and I can see how that could be funny. <laughs> I gotta wash yeah, my dick. Gotta wash that's my dick. it. Nobody's like, we could have a whole neighborhood kids on my dick. <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't know. Your wife yeah. came over and she loved my dick. It's great. I don't know. Make my dick super protected. Keep going. Keep going. These are gold. <laughs> it's nice and wide. <laughs> Who is this? I, I, this is, where did Daryl go? This is incredible. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the last two times we had Dan on, we were like, oh, yeah, at the end of it, we're going to touch on cryptocurrencies. And okay, we never so got there. Let's just say, let's just, before we get fucking sidetracked again, Dan, go. Yeah, you want me to just take over here? Just take well, that's over. What I was, that's go. what I was getting. You got a list. You got a list. Let's let's have right. it out. First question: Do either of you know what a blockchain is? Not specifically, like not in detail. No, I don't. I have. I've been explained it to me by you and others multiple exp- times. I've been explained it. <laughs> I've been explained it a got, couple of times. I got my grade ten. <laughs> You guys are assholes. Working on grade eleven, but I'm not so sure how. how I don't know if they can explain that to me. Why do we have a southern accent now? Are are we making fun of people? (laughs) Whatever. No, I don't know specifically what the blockchain is. I know it is. Wait, wait, wait. Is it like a um online chain? Is a horrible description, but like (laughs) it's a it's a thing in the cloud that stores stuff. There we go. That's my answer. You're not you're not so far away. Uh, so <clears throat> the reason why I asked that first is because Bitcoin is blockchain technology. Therefore, all crypto is uh, either blockchain technology or on blockchain. Uh, so basically, uh, it you can think of it literally as a chain of blocks of information. That's kind of where the name comes from, and you can you can think of it cloud like. Technically, when you store something on the cloud, you're storing something on Google's server in New Mexico, for example, right? So uh, at the end of the day, even though it's on the cloud, it's you know stored in a certain area somewhere on the planet. What, what a blockchain is, is it's, uh, it's, de- it's like a decentralized uh, cloud. So your information isn't necessarily stored on, you know, that server in New Mexico. It's stored on multiple computers across the globe. At the end of the day, it's still kind of the same thing when you upload, let's say, a video uh, to the blockchain. It's going to be kind of the same thing as if you upload it to YouTube. Anybody, you know, can go to that URL and watch that video. So in that sense, it's kind of the same. Uh, But most simply, and all you really need to know is the blockchain is where information is stored on, and you can think of it like a cloud for sure. All right. And so, I guess then is it is it stored on it? Just like you said, is it stored on a centralized server somewhere? No. So, depending on depending on what the blockchain is, there's different kinds of blockchains, and uh, there's three. I'll talk up. There's three uh, blockchains in particular that I'll talk about. Uh, Bitcoin, that's we're, what We're in Dan's knows. class today here. <laughs> uh, I so love it. We got, Bit- we got Bitcoin where... Uh, it's um, for your financial th- health. This, this, is, this is something that uh, I always have done to my friends and my roommates is I go on lectures. And so this is kind of 
this is something that uh in particular daryl's experienced a lot of oh dude fuck we sit we used to sit on the couch outside of my house smoke a lot of weed and dan would be like he'd go for hours talking about space and stars and shit (laughs) it was awesome (laughs) i i enjoyed it i never i never because he would whatever the new theory is that he was looking up or whatever the new thing fact or 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 fiction whatever it was sure he would love to explain it and so his latest thing for the last i don't know five six months has been crypto and really diving into yeah. researching it so yeah anyway i've heard this a few times playing nhl but i said <laughs> uh, let's do it on on the podcast and it'll be fun yeah we're gonna learn go. something because yeah, and dan you'll probably get here i'm assuming that I was kind of telling Michelle today because I said, oh, Dan's going to come on and we're going to talk about crypto. And she said, boring. And I said, you say that now, but if we don't understand this, by the time our kids are our age, they're not going to be using banks, most likely. They're going to be, everything's going to be crypto. Bruh, banks are zeros. I don't know if that's, (laughs) banks are zeros. I don't know if that's true, but anyway, sorry, Dan. You were going to talk about three types of blockchain technologies. Okay. Yeah, here, here's so, a, here's a real quick question on that topic. Go go um, go! If you think if you think banking is going to be a thing of the past, then what does that mean for the real estate market? Because most banking uh, lending comes from third party um, investors. The uh, my my quick answer for that is that real estate is going to be changing, or it is in the process of changing. Um, to where giant corporations from a few spots on earth buy up the majority of property. So that's actually in interesting. 30, in 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, there's probably going to be a lot fewer uh, people owning land than there is now. Well, is it going to be people owning land or is it going to be the, the like primary owners of um, like lending or owners of debt is going to be big corporations rather than like smaller investors. Well, you probably won't own what I'm saying is you probably won't need the lending because you will, or the mortgage because you'll be renting because someone else will own the property. Yeah. Uh, there's a big uh, phenomena going on right now. And I think I'm not sure how big it is in Canada, but uh, I've, I've followed it mainly in the U S where there are corporations going in and seeing uh, houses on the market. And let's say it's uh, houses for two hundred. They'll come in and they'll say, "Hey, we'll buy that for two fifty. And the homeowner's like, well, "That's more than the listing price." They're like, "Yeah, yeah, we definitely see a lot of value in this." I'm like, "Yeah, sure." So they're not only are they buying properties, but they're they're Increasing basically the artificially re- inflating the price of them to try and price out you know regular homeowners. So there is that whole angle of you know eventually you're going to have um, you know this whole different outlook on how you know we live and you know who's who owns the property we live on um but in a more general sense like there's a lot of functions that banks give you that in the crypto world you can get and sometimes you can get better returns uh without you know needing to sign a piece of paper or sign a contract that sort of thing the one of the big parts, uh, so we had, um, so the three main chains that I want to talk uh, mention, at least, are Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Chainlink. Now, Ethereum, that's where you find all of your, what you would call decentralized finance applications on. That's basically, if you wanted to go, you know, lend some money, you would go do that on a DeFi application. 
So the DeFi is uh, decentralized finance. That is what is kind of replacing banks in a lot of ways where you have to open up a savings account for, you know, 0.1%, you know, interest when you can go take your money. Now I should say this right away. Nothing I say is financial advice. This is all just, you know, we're talking about this for fun. If you want to go do anything with your money and crypto and you are unsure of what you're doing, you should seek financial advice for somebody who is licensed to do so. I need to say that and everything I said before and is going to be said today is not financial advice. So just everything. So wait, wait, wait. Everything you're saying today is pure fact, financial advice. Do what Dan says. Gotcha. Uh, So, (laughs) but, but but what you just said to to Isaac or what you just said to us was kind of answering Isaac's question uh, that there is essentially what he said, DeFi um, Mm -hmm. companies now who, who, will be lending at whatever percentage it is. If it's, it sounds like it'll be probably a lower interest rate than it would be um, at a bank. But who owns that money that you're getting? Well, here's is that, the thing. Is that known? So basically, because uh, we're talking about DeFi now, we're talking about Ethereum. And I just want to really touch quickly on Ethereum. Ethereum is a blockchain that you can build applications on. So in a sense, if you wanted to, you know, borrow or lend, uh, you would do that on an application on Ethereum. One of the borrowing and lending applications is called Aave. Um, another is called Compound. And there's a bunch more, but those are just two off the top of my head. Um, Aave is the biggest one. That's where a lot of venture capitalists, uh, hedge funds, banks, etc. That's where they're trying to get into crypto is uh, through like Aave in particular. But uh, on Ethereum, you have these uh, applications that are built. And then people go in there and uh, they use those applications. Now, an application like Aave is what we call a DAO, D-A-O, or Decentralized Autonomous Organization. So what that means is it's not an organization that owns, runs, and makes decisions for Aave. Anybody who holds the Aave token, and I can get in that to a second, the difference between a crypto coin and a crypto token. But essentially, actually, I can say that right now. A crypto whoa, whoa, coin, whoa, you're, you're losing me whoa. here. Sorry. So yeah, that that's 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 another like. So essentially, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, let's wrap up Ave. So Ave is is yeah. just one of the many lending apps that people are getting into to lend cryptocurrency. Correct, but the big part of that is the fact that it's a decentralized autonomous organization. So instead of having one corporation, like let's say, I don't know why I'm going to pick Citibank, but Citibank, let's say Citibank's running it. They obviously have Citibank. a CEO. They have a bunch of uh, uh, you know people who make decisions. Decentralized autonomous organization means anybody who holds that project's crypto, so it's Aave. So if you hold the Aave co- token, then that gives you voting power on what the project does. So let's say Ave says, hey, we want to add this feature. Everybody who uh, holds that coin, which technically means you have a stake in the company, gets to vote on whether or not they want that feature. They could also, let's say everybody who owns uh, Ave coins um, or tokens, I should make sure my, my language is proper. Uh, those people who own it, they could be on, say, like a chat, like Discord and say, hey, we really want this feature. Yeah, that's a great idea. We want this feature. So they'd vote on it. Now, the people who 
code the um, Ave project, they are beholden to the individuals who you know are voting. Because if they go ahead and do something that the voters don't want, like let's say the voters say, hey, we want this feature, and the coders say, now we're not going to code that, then everybody's going to say, okay, well, we're not going to use your application anymore. Everybody sells their currency, and then all of a sudden, the project's worth zero dollars. So obviously, there's a incentive to do what the community asks you to do. So is is that like a board of not a board of directors, but shareholders in a in a company, essentially? Yeah, if share. Yeah, if shareholders got the final say on what happens. Oh, okay. Which they don't in a real company. They no, but it's a good way to conceptualize it. Okay. It's like everybody who I- Isaac, are you lost land here? got to vote. Oh no, I'm just listening silently. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to learn. I'm writing notes. I'm I'm trying to figure well, because again, Dan knows all. Let's let's listen to Dan. <laughs> but um, okay, so so we talked. So let's get back. So that's one of the three is Ethereum, which is a platform. Yeah. Um, we can talk about Ethereum forever because I know there's a ton of platforms. But what are the other two? So Ethereum is probably the most important one in a sense. Bitcoin is the original. So Bitcoin came out. All Bitcoin is. Is when I so when I have when I hold Bitcoin, I hold it in a wallet. I mean, it makes sense. It's a language we already use, but it's a digital wallet, and that digital wallet can either be a physical like USB wallet that I plug into my computer and then I move the currency off of it, and I can't move currency off of that wallet unless I've plugged it in and typed in the passcode and everything. So that's a very secure wallet. Then I could have like another wallet that's attached to my browser. Uh, so when I open up Google Chrome, I'd have MetaMask, that wallet. That one is less secure because it's connected to the internet, but it allows me to interact with, um, with say, DeFi, for example. Bitcoin, it's very, uh, it's very simple where all it does is it records the transaction. I send, let's say I send you Bitcoin, uh, send Daryl Bitcoin. So all it would say is Dan or my wallet address sends Daryl's wallet address five Bitcoin. Let's say that's a lot of money. Uh, be happy. Um, yeah, <laughs> right? I'll take five Bitcoin. I'll take five Bitcoin any day. Do you want to hear right? a real, real quick story? Yeah. yeah, it's real quick. I I'm not going to name any names, but I know somebody who was years ago, not not so long ago that it was worth nothing, but long ago that it was worth probably three or four hundred bucks per Bitcoin. Um, this person was offered a Bitcoin as a tip and they refused it because they thought that was too generous. Oh man. Yeah. One what Bitcoin tip that is would worth, be now. what now? $60,000? Um, it's 45 US right now, I think, or 42. Are we still going down? So that's, um. Either way, $42,000. No, we're back up to 45. Okay. Thousand US. But anyways. So and Bitcoin's That's, the so, so Bitcoin's the the original well not yeah. maybe not is it the original the first it's one? original yes okay either and way it was the it first is, big one all it is is a transactional history is I sent Daryl Bitcoin that's all the blockchain stores that's all the information it has so it's incredibly simple Ethereum it technically runs on what are called smart contracts that's how you build applications that's how you have like um, that's why it's a lot more advanced because Ethereum can it stores more than just I sent somebody Bitcoin. It can send, have conditionals like I send Isaac uh, Bitcoin if uh, the Flames win the next hockey game or something like that. That all of a sudden 
requires more information, right? And therefore, it's not as simple as Bitcoin. The smart contracts are more complex. But then we have a third, yeah, we have a third one called Chainlink. How does an application on Ethereum know to send Isaac some crypto when the flames win? That's where Chainlink comes in. That's the third um, blockchain that I want to talk about, or just the three that I think people should know about. This one is a decentralized data provider. So people, um, we call them oracles, but basically people who want to provide data would um, hook up their computer to the Chainlink uh, blockchain. Fucking nerds. Call them oracles. Like fucking the Wachowskis and shit. Exactly. Sorry, this, this, I, know, I know that's a reference, soon, and I'm as soon as anyone ever that I can't. Oh, it's the Matrix. That doesn't click. Oh, okay, it, it's yeah. the Oracle I, I and the Matrix, the and that's that's as soon as you said Oracle, I'm like, is fucking Neo going to talk to them? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's just the only <laughs> thing I think about. And Daryl, shut up now. Okay. No, no, it's no, that was good. <laughs> I, I I like the reference. Um, the. Basically, that chain link, uh, someone, let's say, connects their computer to ESPN's database or NHL's database, and it will automatically upload, you know, all the NHL stats. And then people then can, you know, connect their application to Chainlink to get those NHL stats so that when we, we set up the little bet uh, for the Flames game, then it can actually pull real world data onto the blockchain and s- execute the contract when it shows whether the flames won or lost the game. So Chainlink is kind of like an on-ramp for real-world data onto your blockchain. And and is there multiple of, is there multiple kinds of Chainlink companies or technologies or anything or So yeah, so Chainlink is all three of these are first to market, right? So gotcha. Bitcoin's the first crypto to market. Ethereum's the first smart contract uh, blockchain to market. So that's the first blockchain that you could build applications on. Chainlink is the first blockchain that takes real world data and puts and converts it into, you know, data that say an application on Ethereum can use. So that's why these three are really important because Bitcoin is just kind of the first. Ethereum's the first one you can build applications on and therefore because they're first to market they're the biggest. Same thing with Chainlink. They're the first to market for getting real world real world data onboarded onto blockchains, therefore they're the biggest. And that's why I think they're the three most important ones because they're first to market and they're the biggest and they represent most of what crypto does. There's other blockchains that do other things like security and that sort of stuff, but these three blockchains uh, styles are the main ones that you run into. That's that's kind of that's it. That actually makes more sense already than it does. Now, I asked that question earlier. I don't know if you answered it or if I got the answer or just didn't hear it. But with all this stuff that's online, you talk about Google and how they have server farms and everything goes to the servers. What servers is all this running on? Is it just running on our own personal computers? How is it out have there? You, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of the term uh, miners before, maybe uh, yeah. mining Bitcoin. Yeah. He means miners, not miners, Daryl. No, I know he means mine, like Bitcoin. My, I does know. Anybody, fuck. Does anybody know what quote what that movie's what quote that movie's from? I mean, what movie that quote's from? No, I said miners, not miners. I don't know. Something. Some galaxy comedy. quest. Fuck that oh, movie's shit. good. 
so uh, good. Shout I out watched, to Galaxy Quest. Yeah, shout out to shout out to the greatest fucking Tim Allen movie out there, except for the Santa Claus one. <laughs> we <laughs> need your help. <laughs> <laughs> that movie. Hey, that that movie is so good and had like Sam Rockwell was amazing in it. Justin Long yeah. was just a kid. Yep. His first big movie. Yeah, that was great. Anyway, oh, Dan, yeah. have you seen Galaxy Quest, Dan? No. Oh man. By Grabthaw's hammer, you shall be avenged. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds funny. Like it's the so quotes good. themselves so, sound good. So, it's so it's good. essentially it is the best Star Trek mock movie it's not, i guess but, but, but it's like not star it, trek it's it, it's it just so it good. isn't it's galaxy quest 1999 <laughs> yeah just when you were done here dan just download it i mean it's on disney plus or somewhere speaking of downloading i still have your thumb drive Darryl. yo yo they oh. got alan rickman in there i'm yes. down they got alan, alan rickman they got rain wilson yep sigourney Ooh. was is that sigourney weaver sigourney weaver yeah fucking yeah. enrico colantini Okay, you don't need to yeah. say that guy's name. Why? Because no one the, knows who the fuck that is. Yeah, he's the guy who says, we need your help. He's yeah, the main. Nobody knows, <laughs> but nobody knows who the fuck that is, Daryl. I do. You're he's, just looking at IMDb right now. No, I'm not. He's Veronica Mars' dad. So fuck, you knew dude. the guy's name off by heart? 100%. You're so full of shit. 100%. I, I, <laughs> I don't believe you. I heard clicking on the keyboard. Uh, no, 100%. That was me. I know, I, I know who Enrico Colantini is, and the only reason I know is because my dad and I used to love watching Veronica Mars, and he was like, "Oh, I love this guy." He was, I think, he was on a, a sitcom back in the day, uh, like a, a news radio or something like that. One of those sitcoms, and so that's where my dad knew him from, and so that's why. How am I going to forget his name now? It was just part of mm-hmm. my part of my lexicon, bro. All right, bro. Yep, he was also right. on that CTV show where you know he was like a cop and whatever. Anyway. That that part doesn't matter. Um, and we were talking wait. about miners. <laughs> miners. Miners. Not miners. Circling, so, not circling miners, back miners. around. <laughs> so in my, uh, from my estimation, you just answered my own my question with that. So Bitcoin miners are people who no allow they allow their space to be used or their their bandwidth or whatever to be used. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah. So they basically they um they they the most easiest way to think of it is they buy a bunch of graphics cards, they plug them into computers, and they use the processing power of the graphics cards in order to uh, basically. Um, so what makes Bitcoin special, and then all blockchains is it's encrypted data. So it's not just I send Daryl, you know, five Bitcoin. That information is encrypted using um, using a certain encryption protocol. It's uh, has a number of digits. I think it's like two hundred fifty six digits of encryption or whatever. Uh, that doesn't really matter. But what happens technically is when you when when we send that transaction out, uh, all the the miners pick up that transaction and their computers uh, use um, a software algorithm to try and solve the encryption to a certain number of digits. So the first five digits, 10 digits, 20 digits, and that varies based on certain factors that don't really matter uh, for this, for this conversation. But once they have, you know, verify of uh, basically the, the machine has figured out the first, say five digits of the encryption then that um, then 
that encryption is that um, transaction is then considered legitimate and it's added to the blockchain. Uh, the reason for that is to uh, not so you can't just make up, oh, Daryl sent me five Bitcoin, put it on the blockchain and say, hey, Daryl, where's my five Bitcoin, right? And you can't steal from people in that way. Uh, the system uh, has to, the people who are mining and giving up their processing power, um, they have to solve your uh, transaction in order to add it to the blockchain. So that adds, um, and when it's added to the blockchain, it's stored as data on your uh, machine because you have you were the one who completed it. However, multiple people will complete this um, uh, this operation around the globe, and they will all have that same transaction stored on their machine. So, if one person's machine goes down, everybody else still has that information that that transaction happened. Maybe not everybody, but a network of individuals within that blockchain would. Oh, so, yeah. at the Right. So that's how it's decentralized is your data is not in one spot. It's technically being shared um, among multiple computers or people who are mining, you know, across the globe. And the same thing with Ethereum, same thing for Chainlink, like the people who are providing in Chainlink, the people who are providing um, and I should also. Yeah, the people who are providing data um, are they're the ones who are using their computers, you know, to store that data for for say chain link when you complete a transaction or you uh, people use your data from your from your node if you're a chain link and you're providing the real world data you get a little bit of that um, that crypto in return so if somebody if if somebody you know, if i complete a transaction on um, on bitcoin my i will then get a little bit of bitcoin in return in return for doing that calculation. Uh, same thing, you'll get a little bit of link if uh, somebody uses the data from your chain link. Uh, Ethereum, you'll get a little bit of Ethereum and, or you don't necessarily get Ethereum, but you would get another token. Like let's say you use Aave, um, you'd get a little bit of Aave in return uh, from for providing liquidity on Aave. Now that's now we're using some financial terms and things like that. But basically, when you interact with something and you give it something like uh, data processing or money, you will get you'll get a little bit of crypto in return. So that's how that's how you get incentivized to give up your processing power. For well, example, that's what I was going to say. So miners don't actually do any mining. They just have their processing power available. Yeah. And then they get minuscule amounts every little transaction that goes over their server. Or over their processor. Correct. Cool. So people actually make mm -hmm. money that way. They can, for sure. You probably have to have like a really good system and have it running constantly, though. Yeah, you just, assume. yeah, you need lots of graphics uh, cards, basically. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Here's a question for you, Dan. Uh, random question. What do you think of Coinbase? Coinbase. So Coinbase is a centralized exchange. Um, there are two types of exchanges. There's a centralized exchange and they have like Coinbase is a corporation. And for anybody who doesn't know, Coinbase is uh, you can go, you can send money from, let's say, your uh, your fiat account, uh, RBC or TD or wherever you store your money, your fiat currency, your money. You can take that, you can e-transfer it to Coinbase, and then you can buy uh, crypto with it. 
So that's a centralized exchange because Coinbase has, you know, it's, it's a corporation, it's run by decision makers, etc. A decentralized exchange is something like, let's say, SushiSwap or Uniswap. They're the same sort of things. They're decentralized in the fact that the people who use it get to vote on, you know, how things change. So uh, decentralized, centralized. With Coinbase in particular, um, and anyone else like it, this is my recommendation, not financial advice. Is it's a good it's a good way if you can find one with the best fees, like the best um, the best system with fees. It's a good place to go buy your crypto, but it's not a good place to save your crypto because they could get hacked and your crypto could disappear. What you my suggestion is if you're not going to actively be using your crypto in DeFi, like you know lending it or doing other things that we can talk about um, with your crypto, instead. Uh, you can put it on, and what I recommend is you put it on a hardware wallet where you can t- take it off of your computer, like it's a USB thing, so you unplug it, then all of a sudden, you know, your crypto's on there and you can't get it off. Uh, so Coinbase is a good good place. Now I recommend people, you know, find the service with the best fees for what they want to do. Um, that's the best place to get crypto, but it's not a good place to store crypto. Sorry, I was going to... I didn't want to interrupt if Isaac had a follow up question or not, but but uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's pretty much uh, what I was looking for for an answer. So, so I, I I wanted to touch. I wanted to just get an answer, get an opinion out of you uh, for mm-hmm. the centralized versus decentralized um, trading. And I agree that one, it might not be a bad place to buy, but like you said, it's a good place. It's a good place to buy, but not a good place to store. Um, like if you're gonna, mm-hmm. like you said, you can get a hardware wallet or. Um, even even just having a digital wallet is better than leaving it on an exchange. Correct. And that's so I, I was I'm curious about the exchange. Just what you were just talking about, Isaac. Um, the centralized or yeah, the centralized exchange, one that is a company essentially. Those ones is that not what uh, what was that one called? There was one in Canada, um, uh, Quadriga. That like didn't the CEO disappear with? I know he probably died or whatever, but didn't he disappear with like two hundred and fifty million dollars worth of? Yeah, so of that's crypto? where I lost. That's where I lost my my original Ethereum investment, which was at the time was very small. Uh, I don't want to talk about how big it would be now. Yeah, um, but yeah, my my relatively <laughs> small investment at the butter. time um, disappeared because I was one of those not smart people who didn't remember to take my investment off of the exchange that day. And the next time I logged in, uh, it was unaccessible. So, yeah. So I just, um, I remember it was like a guy got, went to India. got rugged. Yeah. I got fleeced, brah. Yeah. They couldn't find his body or something. I don't know if that's just a conspiracy. I don't have it I pulled don't up in front of me either way. But what, what, what I'm getting at is, I believe with Quadriga, it was an exchange, right? Like a, yeah. a currency exchange. So that's the same thing that would that Coinbase could potentially be, where there is you could, if you just left your money in their hands, it could disappear. Correct. Theoretically, I think with a, with a Coinbase or Crypto dot com or Kraken or one of like the really big ones that a lot of people use you're more susceptible to somebody somehow hacking in than you are to the organization itself pulling, pulling a rug on you. 
gotcha. the big thing, one thing I would kind of want to interject it within right now, just because where we're at and where we're going, we've talked a lot about kind of how it works and what it is, but the big thing is how, how crypto is the future. And the main reason why it's the future is because uh, the technical, like what you can call it is web 3.0. That's the future. Do you, do you know anything about web 2.0, web 3.0? Have you ever heard those freight terms before? Negative. I've, uh, I've heard of Pied Piper and it was going to be the new internet. Um, yeah, but that was the last bit and that never it's worked out like that. That never worked out for, for the boys. So no, it didn't. Um, no. So it's, I, so it's in it, essentially, no, I don't know then what web 2.0 web 3.0 are. So 2.0 is basically I upload a video to YouTube and it's stored on Google server in New Mexico. I don't know why I keep picking New Mexico. I'm assuming they have servers there. Maybe they don't, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> they, you don't even know they have servers everywhere. Everywhere but New no, Mexico. Totally. They've they've bad they got have a bad <laughs> rap with New Mexico. Yeah, fifty nine states. What? Um but so web three is basically referencing blockchain technology. So web two you're uploading your YouTube video, it stays on the Google server in New Mexico. New Mexico gets uh nuked, for example. I don't know why I picked that. That's absolutely tragic. That's insane. <laughs> but let's say something happens and their servers are <laughs> they gone. get fucking nuked. Okay, <laughs> fucking North Korea is coming over here. Fucking, we're going to drop the bomb. Sorry. Oh, shit. Um, all of a sudden, your YouTube video is gone, right? Let's pick something less extreme. Let's say YouTube says, oh, we don't like uh, what you said in that video, so they take it down. Web 3.0 is uh, decentralized. Therefore, your information is uploaded onto a blockchain. Remember how I talked about your transaction on Bitcoin not existing on just one machine, but multiple machines across the world. Yeah. So the idea is in order to hack Bitcoin, you need to do what's called a brute force, which requires you to take a hold of and change the information on over 50% of all of the machines uh, connected on the Bitcoin blockchain. Right now, in order to do that, you would need the entire processing power of Google. And that doesn't mean Google, say, changing some of its operations. That means shutting down everything they do and using all of their supercomputers to brute force Bitcoin. So that's why it's very, it's a very stable sort of system. It's decentralized. So in a Web 3.0 world, I could say upload to the decentralized YouTube. My video's up there. Nobody can take it down. It's there. It's you can't you can't do anything about it. Somebody uploads. Um, let's say somebody creates like uh, if anybody followed the whole John McAfee thing, he said he would never kill himself. And if he does commit suicide, then like it was actually a murder. Then he commits suicide in jail. And then he had this dead man switch where he basically uh, released a ton of like government documents or something. He released them onto the Ethereum blockchain because you can't take they it down, down yeah. without a. Yeah, it's that guy was all sorts of forever. fucked though. So he could oh, he have was. committed suicide. You never know, but oh, he totally could. I know he was. Yeah, he was nuts. So the so the technology is futuristic. Um, Facebook, for example, is creating what's called a metaverse. A metaverse is a three D digital world. Uh, so in their idea is you go into a meeting, but you put on your VR headset. Now you're at the table with everybody else in the meeting. So you can have that meeting virtually, but together. That sounds like fucking um, uh, Ready Player One shit. It 
100%. That's what the metaverse is, is Ready Player One. Oh, man. Isaac, have you heard of, read, watched, or, or read the book Ready Player One? Or do you know what it's about? I, I watched the movie, and I was absolutely... I was absolutely impressed with that movie. And I yeah. think that that would be, I'm like, I kind of like cool technology. So I think that that would actually be pretty sweet, pretty sweet. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so Facebook's doing that right now, I guess. Um, like, like a hundred percent fuck Facebook, but that would be pretty sick. Fuck my space. There's a, wait, no, that was, there's, that was, sorry. <laughs> it's from a movie. Fuck Facebook. <laughs> um, thanks Seth Rogen. Uh so are you guys on MySpace? Or? <laughs> uh, the, uh, the I'm so I'm assuming the the same. You might not be going there, but it's part of what you're talking about. Where things on there is it on the blockchain? Then at that point, I guess. Yep. It never yep. They, all the data is stored on the blockchain. Yeah. So then it never goes down. So that's why people are doing the non fungible tokens right now because yeah, they're staying there forever. Yeah. So anybody doesn't know, NFTs are non-fungible tokens. Uh, so there's, I guess you could say there's three kinds of crypto. There's a crypto coin. Like if you mine Bitcoin, you're going to get Bitcoin. If you mine Ethereum, you're going to get Ether, which is a crypto coin. The coins represent a blockchain. The second type is a token, or I guess you could call it a fungible token. They are on, for example, the Ethereum blockchain. So their information is like an application. It's stored on Ethereum. Uh, it's not its own blockchain. So for example, um, if you say you use Aave, you can get Aave coin. It's usually tied to an application. And Your that's a token. Kind, Aave coin and it's is a, a token. token. Okay. And fungible means it's uh, every single one is identical. So you can use it as a currency. Um, so it's just like having a dollar coin. You're the your loony is going to be the same as the loony down the street. If it was minted in the same year, it doesn't have a different design, but whatever. That's needlessly complicating. Gotcha. Things. Yeah. And if for those of you who, non- who are not from Canada, the loony is our dollar coin. It's a gold coin, but it's not made of gold. It just looks like it. And it's got a loon on it, eh? She's got a loon and a fucking cow on it. It's got both. It's crazy. Mer. Do you get it? Do you, do you, yeah, I get, do you it. get it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. So an NFT is a non-fungible token. So it's unique as in that token represents something and there isn't a, there isn't another one like it. Uh, Often NFTs. Now this is where it sounds like people struggle to grasp the concept. Why? But let's forget why for a moment. And I'll just explain what an NFT is like. You can buy a GIF or an image. A lot of people are buying what are called CryptoPunks or penguins, or uh, I think they're called uh, lazy apes. But there's a bunch of these crypto projects where they've drawn these uh, characters and people will pay money. Um, you're not buying the the image, like we call them JPEG, like it's a JPEG basically. So you're buying a JPEG, but you're not buying the JPEG. You don't own the JPEG. You technically own what you think Think of it this way. You don't, you're not buying the Mona Lisa. You're buying a piece of paper that's stored in the back room of the museum that says that you own the Mona Lisa. So you technically own the piece of paper that says you own the Mona Lisa. You don't own the Mona Lisa. You own that piece of paper that says you own it. 
So what a JPEG is, is basically a digital piece of paper saying that you own uh, an image that everybody can look at. You mean an NFT? An NFT, yeah. exactly, yeah. Okay, so anyone can still look at... So if I have... I just... You said a lazy ape, so I looked up one. So there's um, the the sailor ape that went for $150,000. Um, there's an angel ape that went for $7.3 million. So let's use that one as yep. an example. So it's called the bored ape. Uh, oh, yeah, bored apes. Bored, no, no. Lazy apes is... Oh, yeah, sorry, bored apes, yeah. This one is... Yeah. He's got an angel head and he's got sunglasses on. Or, an, or sorry, an angel halo and sunglasses. And it went for $7.3 million. So I can look at this image, but someone paid $7.3 million to have a piece of paper, essentially, I know it's on the blockchain, but to have something that says that they owned that image. Correct. So, but it can be duplicated as many times as you want just the image. The image, yeah, for sure. Oh, then what? Then, okay. You said we're not going to get into why. But why? Yeah, because, why the fuck would you want to pay seven point three million for a, an image that you could just go on Google and put on your backdrop of your phone for free? It's similar but different to why rich people buy and sell art. So it has a store of value, and let's say an artist only painted a hundred paintings, then that artist's art is going to be valuable. And let's say somebody then goes out and he burns five of those paintings. Now there's only ninety five paintings in the world. The value's gone up. Same thing can happen with NFTs. Sometimes people will buy like three NFTs. Let's say somebody put out four identical uh, images of um, Super Mario. And somebody buys two of them and two other people buy the other two. So three people uh, are owning these. There's four out there. The one guy who owns two, when if he burns one of his Super Marios, now there's only three left. So there's a bigger scarcity and it's a lot more rare. So that's one thing that can happen um, with NFTs and you can relate kind of to the real world. Uh, it's it's kind of, it's interesting because it's actually overtaking a DeFi in terms of the amount of money that's in NFTs right now. And the big the big thing about it is like, you're still making an investment you're investing on, say, the Bored Apes project, expecting people to value it higher at a later date. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of what you're doing with a stock, in a sense, right? You buy a stock expecting it to be worth more at a later date when you want to take that money out. Um, it's just a lot more of a gamble because, like... <laughs> Sorry. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> no, I wasn't, I wasn't laughing at you, uh, Dan. <laughs> as it's I often just, as I just, yeah i just tooted and it showed up on my uh my audio so. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking great <laughs> um well, i guess so with that i know there's so much like so much more we could talk about with regards to especially what's on ethereum on or on the ethereum platform yeah um because there's i mentioned this to you dan but there's like there's a fantasy sports thing <laughs> that, that they're doing on on there where you could like yeah. buy your players and they become your NFTs yep. and you own them and you could create your mm-hmm. fantasy sports leagues. But then it also goes with that. I'm assuming chain link because it takes real world stats yeah. and pulls them in and, and everything. Yeah. So that's cool. There's another thing that Dan and I talked about one time. We won't get into this today, but we talked about the fact that Nike's thinking of doing something cool where, where they give people Oh man. Little... I can crush this out really quickly. Okay. This one's pretty cool. Go ahead, Dan. Okay. 
So NFTs, they, um, they're unique. So you can make an NFT to say that you own something. For example, uh, instead of saying having a physical deed to your house, you could have an NFT, which is a single token that says you own your house. So if you think about it that way, um, that's using NFTs for the real world. Let's say there's a corporation that wants to have an exclusive membership, like Nike, for example. They would mint, let's say, uh, 10,000 uh, NFTs, and you'd be in a random lottery, and you get one of those NFTs. Now you're a part of Nike's special member club. They could then say, hey, we're coming out with a new line of Jordans, but there's only 100 of them. We're going to randomly airdrop um, an NFT that says you can buy one of these shoes to anybody who has a membership NFT. So if I own a, if I have the NFT for a Nike membership, I would get uh, what's an airdrop, which is you know basically like um, like you're on your iPhone when somebody sends you know airdrops you you know some documents, the same sort of thing. Nike airdrops you a token, allowing you to go to their site to buy this exclusive shoe. Now um, you can sell NFTs, so like uh, like you can sell the JPEG, you can sell the deed to your house, you can sell your exclusive membership to Nike that gives you access to exclusive Nike merchandise. You could also go to exclusive Nike events. They send you the ticket for that event. Let's say it's in the Anaheim Convention Center. You get that ticket because you hold that special NFT for Nike. So that's just, that's why this thing, that's why these, this technology is the future is you can easily think up a myriad of different ways you can use the technology to um, easily and effectively um, kind of like create an exclusivity with your brand. If let's say you um, let's say this say your skate shop only got five of the new shoe, they could go online and have um, and mint their own token, so they could give it out to local people, and uh, you could get that token. That gives you the opportunity to go to your local skate shop and buy that shoe instead of everybody running to the skate shop to try and buy that shoe the second they posted on their Instagram saying, "Hey, we have five of these." Then everybody in town runs there trying to buy the shoe before it becomes unsold. You get rid of you know that issue in particular um, when you can give out a token saying, okay, here you've won the lottery, you can come in and buy the shoe. So it essentially is another way of creating, well, I guess loyalty to a to a brand of some kind, and also, um, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Exclusivity? No. Yeah. 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 It, 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 you can't sell your Costco man. You, you aren't supposed to sell your Costco membership to somebody else. And even when you do, you would sell it at a loss because why would like, you could just go to Costco and get the membership for the regular price. Yeah. But if Costco only gave out so many memberships, all of a sudden you can make a profit selling your Costco membership. Yeah. All I got to, all I got to think of with the, what to do with the Nike, um, this Nike idea is how quickly yeah. those are going to skyrocket in price. Oh, huge. Oh, yeah. Sneaker heads are fucked. And then Nike take, obviously Nike takes a cut because if you mint an NFT, you, when you mint it, you choose what percentage of all sales you get from it. Yeah. So and I, I knew this just from, well, I've heard it on tons of radio or podcasts, or whatever people talk about the artists who are making NFTs. Are setting they're setting how much of a cut they get every time their NFT is sold. So same thing you just said about Nike. So if I was a if I'm Banksy, I'm not, but if I'm well, I might be. If I'm Banksy and I decide, hey, I'm going to make NFTs now, I could say I want ten percent of every transaction or one percent or whatever, and I would get that every time my art is sold. Yeah, that's kind of cool. 
Um, yeah. I know it took almost an hour to get to the gold, but I think that that's the gold right there. The gold? Is that concept. The gold of this whole blockchain, why is it important? Is uh, is what? NFTs. Is that whole... It is Well, yeah, that well, not just NFTs, but the whole idea of the decentralized world and, uh, you know, the idea that you could create exclusivity with your brand. I think that that's kind of like, that's the biggest sort of like, whoa, this thing really could be something and it will be something. I don't think it's a could, it's a matter of when. So then, so then there's two questions that need to be answered. Um, will Web 3.0 or will this eventually create a way of, of ousting ISPs and giving people access as a utility? Could that ever happen? Or does that need to be a whole, does that make sense? My question, Uh, get rid of the, so, so instead of in Canada, you know, we have, well, there's more, but essentially Shaw and Telus and Bell um, who give us our internet access. Whereas could the internet not be a utility like electricity or whatever? Um, Actually, you still have to pay for utilities. But <laughs> no, quick Google search. Uh, no, but I'm just I'm wondering if if that if there's a decentralized internet service provider that is coming down the pipe, or if it's always going to be through uh, a corporation. You could also call it a people-powered network. You could start a wireless revolution um, powered by the Helium blockchain. People's network represents a paradigm shift for decentralized wireless infrastructure. So there's this and that, whole, and that was just uh, off the top of Dan's head project. too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I made that all up. Yeah. He, so he, the Helium blockchain is essentially you get a wireless router and you put that in your um, in your apartment or whatever, and you are now creating a decentralized um, wireless infrastructure. And the idea is, yeah, conceptually, you could create this decentralized network that, um, you know, connects people throughout a city or multiple cities, but... Uh, just the sheer distance that data has to travel sometimes, like across mountains or oceans, uh, you can't really decentralize that to a certain degree. Gotcha. Like You need some sort of centralization to provide uh, and to upkeep the physical hardware and that sort of stuff. So it, it's possible. It's just um, how it will probably stem from something like Helium where people buy routers and then that would ch- eventually connect like a local internet connection um let's say your city's turned off of the internet but your city did a good job of people you know getting into this helium blockchain all of a sudden now the city's connected maybe they're disconnected from the rest of the world but um let's say there's somebody you know there's some people have helium routers kind of connecting you to another city now all of a sudden you're connected back to the rest of the world even though like the traditional internet for some reason was shut down in your city so, so, those, so yeah. yes it could go there eventually Totally. And there's a project people can look up if they're interested. Okay. So where what I was getting at before we went into the Nike thing was, yes, good that we have all these different things. Ethereum has a lot of things we could do with it. Great. What is a normal schmo like me? How do I get into this? Like what? I don't have $10,000 to invest into something like this. Is is it worth getting in now, um, even at a small rate? Or, or is it just kind of stupid if you can't really invest money or time? And and to, to add on to that, which is just going to make it a super hard answer, do I? Is there somewhere I go to just like put in a certain amount every paycheck I get, or is that a stupid idea? No, that's that's ex- that's how that's what I'd recommend. Like, 
if you really want to start playing in NFTs and stuff like that, you got to be, you know, talking in thousands of dollars or hun- at least hundreds of dollars on uh, like Ethereum is the biggest one, but it also costs the most to use. Every time you use Ethereum, you pay what's called gas fees, which is sometimes it can be like 25 bucks uh, per transaction. So obviously you want to be moving enough money that $25 is worth it. So obviously not everybody is going to be moving money where they want to pay a $25 fee. There are other exchanges that deal um, that have much smaller um, or not exchanges, blockchains that have smaller fees on their applications. Um, but the money that's used is a lot smaller too. So it's, it's like Polygon, for example, is something that's a little bit better of um, uh, of a network to get started on. The best thing you can without this, obviously not financial advice, but if I was starting out and I didn't have a whole ton of money each month, what I would personally do is put a little bit away and I would just buy myself Bitcoin and Ethereum and Chainlink. If I would get, I would try and hold three of those. Uh, Mainly, I'd probably hold like, you know, maybe 35% Bitcoin, 35% Ethereum and maybe 30 Chainlink. And then you could play with that number a little bit, obviously. I would move a little bit more into Ethereum, if anything, from the other two. Um, but you would just put a little bit in each paycheck and like, let's say you're putting a hundred bucks in each paycheck, right? It's not a, it's not a huge amount. Um, but it's not a small amount either. And you're going to start, you're going to start, you know, accumulating. And and it's a long-term investment. I'm assuming you're not going to get a return. Correct. Right away. You, you'll see the funniest thing is you, you look at the news. Oh, Bitcoin crashed to $2. Oh, Bitcoin crashed to $10. Oh, Bitcoin had a sharp fall to $30. Bitcoin got tanked to $250. Everybody's freaking out because Bitcoin just dropped to $5,000. What's happening? Bitcoin dropped to $30,000. You look at the news and it's like, Whereas if you it's bought always it when going it was, down. When you, if you bought it when it was at two bucks, it's still fucking huge. Yeah, so all those numbers are bigger than the previous one, but the news is saying, oh, it dropped. So, so far, the long-term outlook, year over year over year, you're seeing an increase in uh, Bitcoin, and it keeps going up. Part of the reason um, is there's more money that could go into it that is elsewhere still. Like, there's probably 10, 11 or $12 trillion in gold, there's like a trillion dollars in Bitcoin. So obviously there's more money that could come out of gold and go into Bitcoin. So yeah, holding it, uh, buying it over a period of time and holding it, Bitcoin's finite. There's only so much of it. So as more people get into it, more of the world's money will eventually flow into it. And if there's a finite amount, it becomes more valuable when there's more people asking. The demand goes up, but the supply doesn't, then the price goes up. So yeah, just buy, um, buy incrementally over a period of time. And, uh, if, if, if you start, if, if you start to kind of get comfortable with that and you say, Hey, I want to do some DeFi, maybe you look into some, uh, one of the cheaper uh, networks and you might do what's called staking where you put your money on the exchange and then you get a little bit of a uh, percent back, or maybe you lend it out. There's different things you can do with DeFi, but, uh, um, you can still buy a little bits, little amounts and, uh, you know, hold it. And then when you, that's probably the best, best thing yeah. you can do to kind of so, get started. So in your, in your expert opinion, Dan, um, should I take all my money out of my bank account and just throw it in here and just wait and see what happens? Now, life savings. If you have anything yeah. in, um, should I just max my credit stocks, cards out and put it on here? Cause that's a smart decision. Max right? your credit cards. Okay. 
every single dollar you possibly have, take it all and go buy Dogecoin. <laughs> is Dogecoin a bad one or don't something? Don't do that. Anybody listening to me, don't don't fucking do that, please. Is Dogecoin a bad one? Uh, yeah, so um, there's a lot of scam coins. Dogecoin isn't technically a scam, but there's a lot of coins that are, are they actually are technically tokens. There's a lot of tokens that are scams. Um, that's one of them. There's definitely a lot of scams out there. So if you hear somebody who's really liking this this dog based coin, uh, Shiba Coin, uh, there's Shiba Inu. There's a lot of dog based coins for some reason. I mean, I Doge your money, do what you want with it. But I'm not going to do that with it. I'm I'm yeah. I'm, I just it's I'm way too. Not, it's in I don't know if you know this, but risk. I'm part Dutch, so I am uh, very cheap. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. My family always made fun of. My, well, you know, not in a bad way, but we were always making fun of Dutch people. And then my grandma one time's like, oh, you know, my grandpa's Dutch, right? It's like, oh, great. Now I'm 116th Dutch. <sighs> anyway. There you go. Dan. What's that quote from Austin? What's that quote from Austin Powers? There's two, there's two kinds of people I don't like. Those that are intolerant of what other people believe. And, and the Dutch. The Dutch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> those are intolerant of other cultures and, and the Dutch. Um, anyway, Dan, <laughs> thank you so much. I... I don't know if Isaac, if you got much from that, but I fucking, I, uh, I think I rounded a corner. I'm not going to go buy a whole bunch of Bitcoin tomorrow, but I could, I could theoretically think about it now. So my mind has been opened. Yeah. Was that valuable? Do you think that was worth it? I think think I did a good job. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think, I think you did a good job. Anything that I, any, any little bits of like things that were not clear to me or things that I didn't know, I feel like have been cleared, um, to the point of, of, of carrying a little more confidence, a little more swagger with my, with my investments. So, uh, Mm. I I greatly appreciate the chat, Dan. I know Daryl does. Mm He sounds like a little kid in a candy shop. He's about to, (laughs) he's about to go smash his, his, uh, homemade piggy bank in the back room here. Hey, it has Marshall's name on it. It's, it's a Mason jar, okay? And that's his quad fund. <laughs> Whatever. Say you know what's some cool kiss, ass shit? Kiss your quad, quad fund goodbye, <laughs> bitch. Yeah, Marshall, I'm investing in your future, buddy. Yeah. Anyway, what was that, Dan? Oh, I just wanted to say some cool ass shit. I might have mentioned this in a previous podcast when we touched on crypto right at the very end, or maybe it was after we stopped recording, but um, El Salvador is... Uh, planning to use their volcanoes energy to power their bitcoin mining that's some fucking that's next James level Bond shit. shit next level shit didn't el salvador volcanic bitcoin oh man didn't el salvador is that the place where they legalized all drugs too might have been either way good el salvador that's where MS-13 comes from yeah oh. you don't want to fuck around with ms13 no nope. no not at all so they're they're gonna be mining some Bitcoin, I guess. <laughs> Not to be confused with COVID nineteen. <laughs> it's very very different. <laughs> Completely different. It, it, it kills people in other ways. Yes. Yeah. With guns. Too soon? I don't think so. Nah. I think it's fine. All right, guys. Twenty twenty one. Fun. It was tons of fun. That's what my yeah, man, my nickname used me. to be. That. Um, Dan, do you have any? <laughs> do you have a code word for us today? Watermelon. Um. That was last week, Isaac. A watermelon. Did we say it last week, though? Oh, yeah, we did. Oh. <laughs> so that last week's was watermelon. I didn't get to the end of the episode yet. Oh, there you go. Now we just spoiled it for you. Wow. That, I mean, why even Do you have one? Is it, it going to be something cryptic? 
Yeah, it can it can definitely be um, a crypto thing. I'm let's uh, yeah, let's go let's go with sushi. Sushi, I love sushi. Oh, me too. Big fan. All right, well, Big fan. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Everyone, thank you, Dan, for coming. Thanks for having me. Okay, noodles. Thank you, Isaac, for being you. Doot, doot, doot. Okay, bye.